Welcome to Mindset for Medical Moms. I'm your host, Courtney Given, fellow medical mom and life coach. I'm here to help you handle everything from doctor's appointments to surgery so you can feel confidence and peace as you navigate the ups and downs of medical motherhood. This podcast will share strategies and real life tools to strengthen your mindset and increase your emotional resilience. I'm so glad you're here. Let's go. Hello, beautiful medical parents out there. I am so excited for today's episode. I have been working on this topic for some time now, and I know it's going to help you get more sleep. But before I begin, I have a really big secret that I'm going to share with you. I'm so excited. You are all going to be the first to know because you're all super cool. I'm not sharing this on social media yet or even on my email list, but my cod- my podcast peeps get to know that for the first time ever, I'm going to be offering group coaching. What? This is so amazing. And why is it so amazing? Because this is going to be a small group experience um, with several other medical parents And it's a smaller price point than the one-on-one coaching offer I have. So you'll get coaching in a group setting and peer support and so many other things that I have planned for my group um, experience. And I have a link in the episode description where you can join the waitlist for the program. And if you join the waitlist, you'll be the first to hear about all the details of the program when they come out. And there are going to be exclusive bonuses for the waitlist people. So this is something you're going to want to be on. And I am so excited for what this is going to be like in the new year for you medical moms that want to have a coaching experience. Okay, with that said, let's get on to talking about how to get more sleep. I'm actually on a personal mission to help parents get more sleep. Because rest is so freaking important. I almost said appointment. (laughs) Tell me you're a medical mom without telling me you're a medical mom. Um, Not just physical rest, but emotional rest as well. And the number one struggle I hear from my clients, in my consults, in just medical parents in general, is that they're exhausted. An exhausted, an exhaustion comes from multiple places, right? There's the physical experience of being tired, the physical sensations of exhaustion. And then there's the mental drain of our emotional state, the exhaustion that comes from having so much emotional experiences. And one way to recover from both physical exhaustion and emotional exhaustion is to sleep more. Most of my podcast episodes are here to help you with your mental emotional exhaustion, which is largely tied to self judgment and not being able to feel your feelings. If everyone had more sleep and self belief, I feel like we would drastically improve our exhaustion and probably rule the world. Confidence, and a well-rested medical mom. That is what I want every medical mom to have. 
Sleep is the answer to when you're feeling that physical exhaustion though, right? You're tired, you should go to bed. But sleeping can be very challenging for parents because of their own schedules, their children. It's all unpredictable. Uh, Especially if you have kids like mine who like to still get up in the middle of the night. My youngest is about to be three in February. She still climbs into our our bed at least once a night. So I have been asking myself for the last several months, how can I help my clients and my podcast peeps and the people on Instagram that follow me and anyone that I help out in any capacity? How can I help them get more sleep? And of course, the solution to more sleep is to actually go to bed. You're tired, you go to bed. As a result, you will feel less tired, less exhausted you will have more rest. It really, really is that simple. And yet this feels so out of reach for 90% of you because it's mindset related, right? The answer is really easy. The answer is, the answer is really simple, but it's not really easy for a lot of us because we're so up in our brains. So this episode instead of trying to convince you to sleep for nine hours a night or to lecture you on all the reasons why sleep is so good for you, which you probably already know or can easily Google, I'm actually going to help you add one more hour of sleep through your mindset. And at the end of this podcast, I'm going to give you a sleep challenge for those who want to apply all of these tools in this episode. So look, We can't control if our kids wake up in the middle of the night. We can control when we go to bed, though. And I'm not talking about like late nights with your friends or the random date night you get or when your child is sick and you have to stay up. Those are always going to be there, right? Those exceptions to the real life. I'm not saying that we have to be robotic and strictly scheduled. But I'm saying that this episode is a good guideline to getting more sleep in general, not a rigid rule to take away all your fun. This episode is also not going to give you like a list of things to optimize your sleep. And you can Google that too. There's lots of lists telling you what temperature your room should be or what supplements to take. And maybe in the future, if I think it's actually helpful, I might have a sleep expert on here. But the most helpful thing I can help you do is get to bed one hour earlier. And here is why because it actually makes a difference. If you go to bed one hour earlier, that's seven extra hours of sleep in your week. It's like a whole night's rest, extra, from just going to bed one hour earlier. And it is these small and simple acts that build upon each other that make a difference. And this is true with any habit that you're going to create in 2022. And it's honestly one of the hardest parts about building a healthy habit or a healthy lifestyle because our brains, our beautiful brains, want short-term satisfaction. But it's not the one healthy meal that changes your weight loss journey. It's not one workout that gives you all the muscle you want. And it's not that one good night's sleep that changes everything for you. For Mother's Day, I usually ask for a night in a hotel because 
it's nice to have one night away and it's really enjoyable for me, but it doesn't fix anything long-term for me. It's just fun. It's just nice to have some solitude, but it doesn't fix the perpetual wake-ups from row at 3 a.m. It doesn't fix me staying up at midnight as soon as I leave the hotel the next day, right? One more hour is all that you need to increase your rest, comfort, and sleep because you're just adjusting it just slightly to build upon each other. And the difference between going to bed at 1030 versus 1130 is significant. And that's only one hour earlier. When um, we were in California for Zola's open heart surgery, we were staying with family. And we were in California about a total of six weeks. Um, We had 10 days in hospital where we were taking turns going back and forth between the Ronald McDonald house and the hospital. And basically in the hospital, you just accept that you don't sleep. Um, and when we got out of the hospital, I was doing okay. I was managing my mind. I was, you know, trying to sleep, but I was reading a lot as like a coping mechanism. Um, reading a lot of books, just feeling really exhausted, truly, um, and drained from the emotional experience of the hospital and, you know, not being in our routine, not really having our own space and privacy was challenging and, But, you know, it was a good experience overall, and we are really grateful for how everything went. And then we got back to Hawaii, and I was just so ready to go back into our normal life, right? Just go back. Like, I just kept thinking in my head, once we're in Hawaii, everything's going to be fine, and we'll be able to have our routine for our kids, and everything will be easier. And the problem with that, though, was that when we got here, I expected it to all just be easier, And it was as if my body finally could relax. And by relaxing, it was extremely drained. I was so exhausted. Every day was heavy and hard. I was just not wanting to do really anything around the house. I really had a hard time um, doing things for myself outside of the bare minimum. And I was really, really mad at myself. I was just so mad because I was like, what the heck is wrong with you? I, when I'm mad, my brain is mean to me. Um, and I let, and I let my brain get away with it because I was so exhausted. Um, and I go to my coach and I was like, I just don't have any energy right now and I need to figure it out. And then I went to my business coach and I was like, I'm really struggling to work on outside projects or marketing. All I want to do is show up for my client calls and that's it. And these are two separate people and they both, in different words, were like, it sounds like you need rest. And I was like, no, 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 no. I just need to, you know, be coached on why I'm not able to perform. And my business coach was like, you know, rest is really important to grow your business, right? And I was like, well, yeah, of course. But I was, you know, gone for six weeks. I didn't, you know, I already had this like off period. Like I took time off for my work. So I'm, I'm back now and I need to be back. And then I said a very similar thing to my life coach. I was like, yeah, um, I am resting. I'm going to sleep and, uh, 
but I need to figure out how to maximize my efficiency during the day because I'm just not being productive and I need to grow my business and I need to do all these things. And then she was like, no, it sounds like you need to go to sleep and you need to rest. And there was a lot more in between those conversations, but essentially one day I was getting coached on this again and I was like getting to like the root issue and I was like, no, like I should just be able to snap out of this. We were gone for six weeks and I need to get back into my life. I need to get back into my routine. And my life coach said, what if you were gone? You know, I think it was actually eight weeks now that I'm thinking about it. Those eight weeks in California and you need eight weeks to recover from going through that experience as a whole, not just snapping back into things. And it blew my mind in that moment. The way she phrased it, I was like, do I need to recover from California? Because I thought all the time that I'd already taken off was kind of my recovery period. But it turns out it was not. And I needed to sleep. I needed to rest. And so I stopped beating myself up. I stopped calling myself a loser and stopped telling myself that I needed to get things together. And instead, I listened to my body and I said, body, what do you need? And it said a lot of rest and a lot of permission to not be productive. And so that's what I gave it. And it was challenging. My brain had a lot of reasons for not to do this, that my business was going to fail, that um, I was a bad mom and I was not a good wife and like all of these things that I was super selfish. And I just kept telling my brain, I was like, those are all really mean things and I'm not going to let you talk to me that way anymore. I really did say that to myself. And... What happened was over the next several weeks, my energy started coming back. I was able to be more productive throughout the day. I was less impatient with my kids and I talked to myself a lot kinder. So I was less judgmental, which, you know, lessened the exhaustion. And I really did focus on putting myself to bed. And I share this story because it was significant for me to recognize because I thought I just needed to work through it. I just thought I needed to double down and hustle my way through the exhaustion. And I know so many of you can relate to that feeling that you just need to put on a strong face and work through the exhaustion. But in order to stop feeling so exhausted, I had to take things off my plate. I had to say no. I had to let things go. I had to do the bare minimum. And for me, that looked like feeding my kids. (laughs) They watched a lot of TV during the first few weeks back to Hawaii because I was not willing to entertain them. And it looked like me showing up for my clients because that was really important to me. That was something I genuinely love to do. And so I said, clients and my kids come first and then I sleep and then I prioritize my rest and it was the key to me feeling good and actually getting more things done that was how I started becoming more productive in my life was not beating myself up for not being productive and through this experience I realized that the sleeping issue that so many of us face can actually be really simple and that there are only two skills that you need to get more sleep, which is 
only one more hour of sleep, right? (laughs) And it's to notice your thoughts that what you're thinking about when you're negotiating your sleep and to be committed to your future self. Those are the only two things you need. And noticing your thoughts about sleep is the bulk of this because the thoughts on their own aren't an issue. You're going to have negative thoughts. You're going to have thoughts about uh, when you should go to sleep or when you shouldn't go to sleep. It's only when you believe them that they hinder your ability to go to bed, right? Because the answer to tiredness is go to sleep. And what stops us from going to sleep are thoughts like the following, which I, I have combed the internet. I got your guys' opinions. I have my own experiences in here. Here are some common thoughts about sleep. Going to bed is a lot of work. This is a sneaky one, right? Because it's just like, oh, it's so much work. There's so much to do. The transition is so, there's just a lot, right? Getting ready for bed, changing your clothes, all the things. But is this really true? Is it really a lot of work? Or does your brain just not like transitions? Transitions are challenging for all of us. One of the most challenging transitions for my family is getting in and out of the car. I'm still noticing what my brain likes to think when I'm getting my kids in and out of the car because usually it thinks it's the worst thing in the world. (laughs) It's just once we're in the car and settled, it's not that big of a deal and I can actually remain pretty calm even if they're screaming their heads off. But getting in and out of the car, my body likes to freak out a little bit. Um, But this is really important. Even kids have a tough time with transition and this is often why we have to, you know, give them some warnings or give them some times ahead, like, hey, 10 minute warning until, you know, the TV gets off. But it's because these transitions take energy. They take effort to refocus ourselves and to switch gears into the next task. So of course, your brain is going to suggest it's a lot of work. You should stay right on the couch. You should not go to bed yet. You should keep scrolling your phone. It's so much easier and nicer because that's true. It is some work to change your brain, to shift your focus, but that's still not a good enough reason to not go to bed. So when you hear this thought in your brain, going to bed is a lot of work, challenge it. Is it a lot of work? Is it really a lot of work? I would say the answer is no. So this thought is not true. And so what I mean by watching your thoughts is you hear this thought in your brain and let it float on by as if it's not the answer because it's not. Um, here was my brain's favorite thought. It's still early. It's not that late. Oh, a variation of this was always in my brain. It still is one of my favorite reasons to not go to bed. My brain loves to use this because it's so believable for me. My brain will say things like, oh my gosh, it's only 1045. You have plenty of time. But the funny thing is, my brain is always surprised by the time. It'll be 1230 and my brain will be like, oh, it's still so early. You have so much time. And then 2 a.m. hits and my brain suddenly freaks out. It goes from like encourager to hateful bully and says things like, wow, I am so dumb. Why did I do this? Why did I stay up so late? Tomorrow is going to be awful right? All of a sudden it switched gears. Like I'm on my side. Let's just stay up. Oh, so fun. 
all of a sudden I'm like beating myself up because I stayed up late and I'm mad at myself for it. And then not only am I tired from staying up, but also drained from all the self-judgment that I just threw at myself. Okay, so if you do stay up late, don't judge yourself. First and foremost, you don't have to be upset at yourself. Did you know this? You don't have to be mean to yourself just because you made a choice that may not have been the most helpful. You could just say, well, this is what I chose. It's all right. And now I'm going to go to bed. Maybe we'll make a different choice tomorrow. Right? There is an option for you. So catching a thought like it's not that late, you can say, yeah, it's not maybe not that late, but I still can go to bed. I can still go to bed even if it's not that late. I can go to bed if it's still early. Going to bed late or early has no bearing on when you can go to bed. You can go to bed at any time. Another um, thought that I would have is I can make six hours work or five hours or whatever it is. I would calculate the time until when I would have to wake up and be like, oh yeah, I can do that. I can make this work. But then we have to get really honest with ourselves. Can we really make this work? For me, this is a straight up lie. Because while technically I can be awake the next day, I'm miserable. I'm sluggish. I'm snappy. I'm impatient and cranky. And my focus is all over the place. So to me, that's not actually making it work. You have to be honest with yourself if you want to change a habit. And this includes this area of sleep where you can ask yourself, is this really working for us? Is this late night, not going to bed thing actually helping us? Or are we just telling ourselves that and then trying to believe it? Because this thought is just not a true thought. It's, I mean, it's a thought, but it's not a true fact. Yes, you can make things work, but is it actually making things work for you? Or is it just making things work temporarily so you can stay up and then be miserable the next day? Um, Another sneaky one is just one more episode. This one is always so tempting too. And I didn't notice that this was not a thing for everybody until uh, I was dating Jeff because he never uses this thought. It never tempts him. He's just like very uh, insistent on when he goes to bed. He, He protects his sleep and it's honestly so foreign to me because I am a night owl by nature And I'll be the one to say, no, just one more episode. And he's like, no, it's bedtime. Like, it's my bedtime. I'm going to bed. You can stay up if you want. And the truth is that there's always another episode. With the internet and Netflix and Hulu, there is always more TV available to us. There's always something else to watch. There's always one more episode available. And the good news with this, though, is that it's always going to be there. Netflix will be there tomorrow. Hulu will be there tomorrow. The internet will be there tomorrow. The shows will be there tomorrow. There is no actual urgency, right? But that's what the TV does really well is that it usually leaves you on a cliffhanger and therefore creates a sense of urgency that you need to know what happens and therefore you just want one more episode to gain that closure. But the key here is to recognize that urgency is not real that the TV is not real, that you don't actually need to know what's going to happen. What you really need is more sleep. And more sleep comes by going to bed. And that's when you catch this thought as not a fact and just a thought, which means it's optional. You don't have to watch one more episode. 
Some other thoughts that I've seen from medical parents are things around feeding or medications. And they say, well, I can't go to bed because I'll have to wake up at midnight or I have to wake up um, at 2 a.m. or whatever it is. And I actually was there. I did this a lot, too, when I lived with in California with Sola by myself between her Glenn surgery and her or her Norwood and her Glenn surgery. Um, she had like a midnight feeding, a 3 a.m. feeding and a 6 a.m. feeding. And it was challenging. Um, it wasn't until I spoke with her doctors to see if we can arrange um, her feedings to see if I could stretch out that time frame for her. But first, I tried to make everything as easy as possible. Like I set up everything before I went to bed. So all I would have to do is wake up and press a button and go back to sleep for the 3 a.m. feeding. But because of that, I would stay up way past 12 a.m. I'd go to bed at 1, then have to wake up at 3, and then again at 6. And then Zola would be awake by then. And then I'd just be perpetually drained and exhausted. So even if you have a thought like, well, I'll, I'll have to be up soon anyway, that doesn't mean you can't go to sleep. You can still go to bed at 8 or 10, and those hours will still help you be rested. Those hours of quiet and rest, even if it's not the most um, purposeful sleep, it still will help your body. So that is also just a thought and not a fact. You can go to sleep whenever you want to. Here are some practical things to make bedtime easier. Be really clear about when you're going to be done with whatever you're doing in the evening, whether it's watching TV or reading a book or, you know, doing a project around the house. Just be really clear about when you're going to be done. Like, I'm going to be finished with this, wrap it up around 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock, whatever your bedtime is. Because indecision gives room for renegotiating. If you say, yeah, I'm going to go to bed earlier and then 10 o'clock rolls around, you're like, yeah, it's fine. I'll go to bed earlier. Then it's 1045 and you're like, yeah, it's still fine. I can do this, right? I can make this work. It's still technically earlier. And then 1130 rolls around. You're like, okay, yeah, maybe I'll go to bed. It just leaves room for like renegotiating the terms because there never were terms in the first place. So just make a decision. I'm going to go to bed at 1030, which means I should probably get ready for bed at 1020, depending on your routine or 1015, whatever it is. And again, this is just like for my kids or for your kids. When I'm leaving somewhere, I try to give them a warning. Hey, 10 minutes. Mostly it's like if it's from the park or from a friend's house, it goes much smoother if I can give them at least a little bit of a warning. It's not always easier. Sometimes they still throw a fit and your brain still might throw a fit fit (laughs) about having to transition into the new thing. But that's okay. You can deal with your brain throwing a fit throwing a fit by saying, no, it's too much work. It takes a lot of effort. What if we, you know, don't fall asleep right away? All of that is fine to experience. Just say, I know we're worried about this transition. It's okay, right? Just as if you were talking to your child. I know it's sometimes hard to leave. It's okay. We'll figure it out. We'll come back again. We'll have more time tomorrow. Like it's about managing your brain in the moment and not giving in to that short-term satisfaction and thinking about that long-term success. I like to call it a soft launch. (laughs) It's like a soft launch into the next transition, and it works great for adults too. 
Um, so some things I'll tell myself is like, after this episode finishes, I'm going to bed. And I say that in the beginning of the episode. So my brain knows like, I'm not watching another episode, or I make it really clear about how many episodes of shows I'm watching. I'll check the time, calculate kind of the hours and be like, yeah, two episodes is a great amount of TV to watch tonight. And then I just know after these two episodes are done, I'm getting ready for bed. Um, or maybe it's the time. Sometimes I'm like, if I'm watching my comfort show, right, that I've already seen a hundred times, I'm going to just say, yeah, at 1015, I'm turning the TV off regardless if the episode is finished and I'm going to get ready for bed. Another consideration to make, um, for your bedtime is making the pre-bedtime work really simple and not trying to overcomplicate it. Like be really clear about what it means to get ready for bed because that's something that your brain might use and say, yeah, it's just a lot of work to get ready for bed. And if you don't really know like exactly what that means, you might feel like it is a lot of work. My brain likes to forget all the things that I want to do until right when I decide, oh yeah, it's bedtime. And then my brain's like, remember you were going to do this and meal prep and do this and wash your face and start this new vitamin and all these things. And then all of a sudden my brain's like wired again and is like trying to implement all these new goals and new habits. And that just overcomplicates everything. So be really clear about what it means to get ready for bed. And for me, if my brain starts going into overdrive about all the things, I'm like, no, silly. It's not a lot of work. We just get our drink of water. We go to the bathroom and we brush our teeth and we get our jams or jams. (laughs) I call them jams at my house with my kids. We get our jams on and that's it. That's it. That's not that much work. We have to go to the bathroom anyway. We want to brush our teeth. We always get thirsty before bed. So these are things I'm already going to do and it's not that much work. These are things I want to do. Um, if I have time for more things, right, if I get ready, start getting ready for bed a little bit earlier, or if my TV show ends and it's kind of like this awkward space moment, I'm like, oh, I can put a face mask on or, oh, I can, you know, add some vitamins to my routine or whatever it is that my brain wants to suddenly get hyper-focused on. Um, I might add some things in, but it's only when I have the time and not because it's like absolutely necessary for my bedtime routine. Um, okay. So watching what you're thinking about sleep and bedtime really matters. And it's not about believing that like bedtime is a bunch of rainbows and sunshine, but it's more about not believing the thoughts that prevent you from going to bed. And you want to get really clear about what is preventing you from going to bed. I did a poll on Instagram recently and asked, hey, why aren't you going to bed? And alone time was the number one response when it came to why you're not getting sleep. And I want you to know that I really relate to this too. Um, I've been in seasons of my life where I felt like my evenings were the only time I ever got alone time or even like help. And when Jeff first got his job after um, college, he was working really long days an hour away from our house. So he was, his commute was an hour each way. And he would leave at 4.30 in the morning and not get back until like 4 or 5 p.m. Sometimes later, depending on his work schedule, like 5 or 6. 
and it was a very long day for myself. So he would come home, we'd eat dinner, he'd put the kids to bed, and then I would have my evenings. But I was also in school, so I was like doing homework. And then I felt like, oh my gosh, this is the only time I'm going to have to be by myself, have, you know, my own thoughts available to me. And, and it was really challenging. I really wanted to also be rested, but I was really desperate for alone time, but I would end up staying up super late and then he would leave at 4.30 and then I would get up with the kids by like 6.30 and it was just a lot of exhaustion from a lot of different angles. And I want you to know though that it all will come back to your thoughts about alone time. So if you're thinking something like, it's the only time I have alone or I never have enough alone time, it really won't matter how many nights you stay up because it will never feel like enough if that's the belief you have. It will never be enough if you're constantly believing, I never have enough, okay? It doesn't matter how many nights you stay up. And I want you to consider that. How much alone time is enough for you? And why is it that even night after night, it still doesn't feel like enough? I was staying up, you know, from 10.30 to 12.30, two hours each night, still feeling deprived. And it was because I always was thinking, I never have enough alone time. And another thing you might be doing is that you might be spending your alone time doing things you actually don't want to do. So not only are you feeling exhausted from lack of sleep, but you're also feeling unfulfilled because you're not even filling that need properly. One of the ways... um, to allow for bedtime and to still go to bed one hour earlier is to be really clear about how you want to spend your time. Most of us know that we don't want, um, that we want alone time, but then when we have the alone time, it's like, what do we do with it? And then there's so many things on your brain that you try to do multiple things, get overwhelmed, and then end up scrolling Netflix or scrolling Instagram for the, you know, hour and a half. And you're like, oh shoot, I should probably go to bed. I only have 30 minutes left and until bedtime and I didn't get to do anything I wanted. So ask yourself beforehand, what do I actually want to do with my two hours tonight or my one hour tonight or my three hours tonight, depending on when your kids go to bed, right? What do I actually want to do with my time? Not what you think you should do, not what you think you have to do, but what you actually really want to do. For me, um... I had to stop that cycle of trying to do 20 things at a time. I would grab a cookbook because I love looking through cookbooks and recipes. I would open my laptop up and try to scroll through Pinterest. I would turn on Netflix and try to watch a show. I would have my phone out and then get overwhelmed and then just end up scrolling social media. And then the next thing I know, it's 1 a.m. and I would be really frustrated that I didn't spend or get really anything what I wanted done, quote unquote, and I would be really tired. I'm so grateful I did the work to untangle my bedtime drama because now Jeff and I take turns putting our kids to bed. They go to bed around 7.30 or 8. And then when my evening starts, I ask myself, what do I want to do tonight? Or maybe I might have a plan in the morning like, oh yeah, tonight's not my night. So I get to, you know, have 30 extra minutes. This is the project I'll do or this is what I want to focus on. And I pick like one or two things depending on the evening 
sometimes it's just me reading until bedtime. And sometimes it's me working on a work project. And then I watch Netflix with Jeff. Or sometimes it's just I'm so tired and I just want to veg out and watch a bunch of TikToks and then do my skincare routine, right? Like it doesn't matter what you choose. You just need to be honest with yourself and pick what you actually want to do and then stick with that, which is the most important part. You cannot do everything all at once. And it's important to remind yourself that you do actually have more time tomorrow to do something different. And that's the beautiful part about it all is that I choose to do something different each time. So one night I'm working on a work project. The next night I'm doing TikToks. The other night I'm watching a movie with Jeff. And it feels way more fulfilling this way because I'm more present and I can actually enjoy what I'm doing. To actually enjoy your alone time You cannot feel guilty for choosing one thing and not doing something else because that's another thing that prohibits you from being present and enjoying your alone time is that you choose to watch Netflix and then you feel guilty for not putting away the laundry or you are reading a book and you think, oh, I should really actually be doing this other thing when in reality, there's no rules. But the one thing that will actually help you is to not feel guilty for what you're doing. So just own your choice and have your own back. Just own it and support yourself in your choice. And here is my last thought about alone time that may challenge you. Sleep is more helpful to you than any alone time you will get. What? You heard me right. Sleep is more helpful to you than alone time. And I really mean this. We hype up alone time. We make alone time more important than our sleep. Like we're more we're willing to sacrifice hours of sleep in exchange for a little bit of alone time. And yes, I agree having alone time is nice, but sleep is more important to your body and to your health. When you're rested, you are more patient. When you're rested, you are nicer. You have more energy. And what is your next day going to be like when you feel those things? I know my day is a lot better when I am well rested. And that's where being committed to your future self comes in. The second part of what you need to go to bed one hour earlier is to do things for your future self, meaning you're doing things for future you, not present you. Future you in two weeks who has had 14 more hours of sleep. That is crazy. When you are committed to your own well-being, you choose a little bit of discomfort now like the discomfort of transitioning from watching a show to brushing your teeth, or the discomfort of only watching one episode instead of three, right? It's a little uncomfortable. It's going to feel a little bit awkward, a little bit slow. You're going to be like, oh, this is annoying. But that's okay because you can feel a little bit discomfort instead of the constant discomfort of being sleep deprived or perpetually tired or frustrated with your kids at 3 p.m. because Everyone's going crazy and you're exhausted. When you're committed to yourself, those small choices have big impacts. One hour more 
will significantly help you feel better. And I want you to try this on your own. Here is how you can implement the one more hour challenge. First, you're going to answer the following questions and write down your answers. What is your bedtime? What is it? What thoughts do you have about bedtime? When you think those thoughts, what will your response be? And what does it mean to get ready for bed? This is the framework that you need to know so that you have a plan for bedtime. And then for seven days straight, I want you to go to bed one hour earlier. For an added bonus, you can pick one day of the week to go to bed ridiculously early, like 9 p.m. Honestly, when you do this, it will feel so luxurious. You will be so happy you chose to go to bed ridiculously early. It's not realistic every night, I understand that, but every once in a while, you just don't really want to do anything, and you're like, yeah, I can actually just go to bed at 9 p.m. and be super happy about it the next day. But that's it. That's all you have to do for the um, one more hour challenge, and I want you to try it out and let me know how it feels. Share about it with social media. Share about it with your friends. Send this episode to anyone who also needs more sleep. And in February, I'm going to actually be hosting a sleep week challenge where we all do the one hour more challenge together. We're all going to go to bed one hour earlier and I'm going to have some really, really cool prizes to give out to people who participate in this challenge. So be on the lookout for that. But if you, I want you guys to try it out now because you deserve one hour of sleep right now. So go to bed early tonight. Um, When you give yourself clear boundaries and then go to bed, you will get more sleep. Um, It's not about alone time. It's not about one more episode. When you're tired, the answer is to go to bed. All right, guys. I love you all so much and sweet dreams. Welcome to Mindset for Medical Moms. I'm your host, Courtney Given fellow medical mom and life coach. I'm here to help you handle everything from doctor's appointments to surgery so you can feel confidence and peace as you navigate the ups and downs of medical motherhood. This podcast will share strategies and real life tools to strengthen your mindset and increase your emotional resilience. I'm so glad you're here. Let's go.